Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. Corey and Chad here chatting with Craig Hemke, founder and editor of TFMetalsReport.com. Now, Craig, let's recap the Fed meeting and Jerome Powell's press conference, as well as some of the follow-through action in the markets, in a wide range of markets, as we usually see, which I find very interesting, is that the reaction during the press conference and in the last little bit of trading after the statement, uh, we see one move, but then the following day. Today, we see almost counter moves to that, and we're seeing that in markets. We're seeing that in a wide range of sectors right now. Overall, though, starting off with what the Fed had to say, really no change in policy. Powell even did say that most likely we are not going to get a rate cut in March, pushing it back to early May. The markets, again, took that negatively to end the day yesterday, but today we are seeing a rebound in a wide range of markets, especially the bond market too. Craig, what's your takeaway from, first and foremost, just the Fed statement, press conference, anything new that stood out to you? Well, you know, we were following the same pattern that we usually get out of that circus. It's been like this really since everybody started thinking about rate cuts back in March of last year, you know, when the banks were melting down and the regional banks were in trouble and everybody started wondering, man, we could start cutting as soon as June. So the pattern has been the Fed uh, kind of play, you know, hawkish with what I call the Fed lines, that statement that comes out at 2 Eastern and in the metals and the dollar kind of trade opposite of each other because it's in the afternoon and it's just the machines banging things back and forth. But then as soon as Powell starts flapping his gums, then usually the dollar goes down and the metals go up. That's been the pattern. And that's what was happening yesterday until about 15 minutes into the press conference. God, give me strength. I was listening while this was going on. And Powell actually said in response to one of the questions, he said the base case does not include a rate cut for March. And at that moment, the dollar shot higher by almost 50 cents and gold lost 1%. Went from It was actually higher than it was when the statement came out. About 2068 went down to 2048. Then Powell finally shuts up and things kind of started levitating back higher. Now we're higher again today. There's a lot going on here. And I think the thing that most people have missed, if as I peruse Twitter or, you know, read some of the news headlines, is the strong rally in the bond market. That began yesterday, was temporarily muted while Powell was, you know, playing his verbal shenanigans, but then picked up again late yesterday and now has gone on again today. In fact, the yield on the 10 year note yesterday spiked when Powell said the stuff about base case, but then fell back down. It was actually by the end of the day, yesterday afternoon was lower than it was when the headlines came out at two o'clock Eastern. And now it's lower again by 10 basis points, 12 basis points today. So what I see here, the most important development that, again, I don't see a whole lot of people talking about on the Internet, is this massive rally in treasuries. Ten-year note, the yield on the ten-year note is the lowest it has been since late December, well under 4%. And has rallied, uh, the yield's fallen almost 20 basis points since yesterday. To me, that's the bond market. This is the big, you know, biggest market in the world, calling BS on Powell, you know, recognizing that if you go back a couple of years, rates, you know, took off way faster than Powell was hiking. Why? Because the bond market realized that they'd waited too long and that inflation was going to soar way higher than if they'd started hiking earlier. You know, they played all the transitory crap. 
And the bond market immediately reacted, you know, rates shot higher and Fed funds eventually caught up. Well, I think what's happening now is the bond market doing the opposite. They're saying, oh, yeah, you're waiting too long again. Don't you see what's happening with your regional banks? You know, don't you see what's happening, you know, with the economy and everything else? And so now bond buyers are, or bond traders are buying bonds in anticipation of lower rates. And those bonds are appreciating because the Fed is waiting too long again. And they're going to just like the exacerbated inflation, they're going to exacerbate the pending or what recession has already started. Yeah, Craig, that's where that statement actually comes from behind the curve. The Fed is the prime mover there of being behind the curve. That's what they were when they thought inflation was transitory and they waited too long to start hiking. And now maybe they've hiked too long and gotten too far into the tightening cycle, too restrictive, and they're going to have to unwind it. And the bond market is seeing that. When we see the bonds get a bid and when we see interest rates fall, that's usually a positive for precious metals. We have seen a boost in gold over the last two days as a result. But just one quick follow-up on the Fed and the Fed funds futures. You spent a lot of time, Craig, looking at Fed expectations or what we've just shortened it to, Fed expectations. And when you look at it, last year, even at the end of last year, people were waiting for seven, eight cuts this year. They were looking forward to possibly something in the January meeting. Then that could move back to March. Now it's moved back to May. But we've tried to have a voice of reason here in kind of the middle path and said maybe that was too aggressive. Do you think this changes the calculus for the rest of the year as far as rate cuts, how many we get, and the severity of the cuts? No, you know, when we remember, I wrote about this in my macro cast this year, I, that, you know, that idea of 95 percent certainty that the cuts were going to begin in March was just ridiculous. Remember we talked about that. It's like like that's 100 days from now. And you're saying for certain that something is going to happen. That's ridiculous. It should be 50 50. It should be a coin toss. I thought that would lead to selling pressure in the COMEX metals all through January. And that's exactly what happened when gold fell eh, at the most, maybe 50 bucks intramonth and now it's recovered those rate cut expectations of what been has what's been driving the algos to buy or sell gold futures on a daily basis yesterday for example before those what i call fed lines came out there was about a 45 percent chance that there'd be a rate cut in march right before powell said you know the thing about that's not the base case it was 49.5 percent so there we are 50 50 by the time powell was done it was down to 35%. So those cuts, you know, that expectation had been trimmed by a third. And now back up today, back up to 41 or 42% as we speak. And again, this is what I wrote in my macro cast back in January. Anything's on the table. You know, maybe they pull off this soft landing stuff and everything that the Fed said about the economy and everything else. It turns out to be 100% correct for the first time in recorded history. And there's only three rate cuts. But maybe all hell breaks loose, you know, and they do still end up with seven rate cuts. What's impossible to do is state with any accuracy that that's what's going to happen, you know, here on the 1st of February. <laughs> we'll see, man. If we get a lousy jobs report tomorrow, and I think chances are we're going to, those rate cut expectations for March are going to go right back to 50%. And then again, this next FOMC is seven weeks away, 48 days away. That's two jobs reports. That's two more CPI reports. That's a couple more PCE reports. That's God knows what happens geopolitically. So again, it's all kind of folly, but that's, again, what's been driving so much of the optimism or pessimism in the gold price is just this thing about guessing what the Fed's going to do seven weeks from now. So Craig, do you think there is a potential here that 
it's party on for markets and even for stuff like gold because of the fact that, well, the market is saying, we don't believe you, Fed. We think you will be cutting more. Yes, I do. I thought, again, this now this was last week in my whatever Friday wrap-up podcast, I guess it was on a Thursday. I said, I'd fully expect, you know, whatever losses we end up posting for January, we'll make back in February. And I mean, we still may not be up on the year. And I wrote that again in the macrocast. I thought the first quarter, we'd pretty much go sideways and trying to sort all this stuff out. And so I think that's still playing. But, you know, now that we're, it's the first of February and the Fed announced late last week that that near bank term funding facility or near to whatever they called that thing last March as a place for regional banks and then other banks to park underwater securities, you know, that are actually trading at 80 cents on the dollar to park them at the Fed and get back 100 cents on the dollar so that the banks would have the appearance of being solvent, not insolvent, you know, with more losses on the balance sheet than they have liabilities. They instituted that. And that thing's grown to like $140 billion worth of banks, whatever, treasuries, corporate debt, whatever, that they're parking there to get cash back from the Fed and give the appearance of solvency. Well, the Fed announced late last week that, you know, when they announced it, they said it was only going to be there for a year. And they announced late last week, they're shutting that thing down in March. And now all of a sudden, since late last week, anybody wants to scan the headlines, here come the regional bank concerns again. So as we go through February, you remember, you guys remember what happened last March. I mean, or I guess in the first quarter last week, a big rally in January. Gold was up 100 bucks and then fell all the way through February and into early March. And then hell's bells. Here came Silicon Valley Bank and New Republic and all these others. You know, those the, some of the largest bank failures in U.S. history. The odds of rate cuts as soon as June started to go up. And man, gold shot higher. So did silver. So if we get back into that kind of, I don't know, uneasiness regarding the banking sector. Yeah, gold could break out above 2100 this month if, if that's how it plays out. Yeah, Craig, it's going to be interesting to see if we get a deja vu moment with these banks and some of the concerns now that that funding facility is being pulled off the table by the central bank. One other thing I think we should weigh in on is the focus not just on inflation, but also on the labor markets that the Fed has, their dual mandate. We get the jobs report tomorrow. You have been talking to your subscribers about how January went last year, how that may translate to tomorrow. I guess you're a betting man. Let's take bets on how this jobs report is going to go tomorrow, Craig. Well, I find it interesting, Shad. I have complained, sometimes angrily, about the computation of the jobs report and how it is just trumpeted by people that want it to be good. And, and again, a lot of people do, right? You have a strong economy, right? There's politicians involved. There are you know bankers with bets involved. And I've been complaining about this since there's been a TF Metals report. I coined the term BLSBS, I bet, in 2010, 2011, because you'd sit there and you'd, you know, you get the headline number. You get, back in the day, it was uh, Hampton Pearson at the Labor Department on CNBC. And he'd stand out in front, you know, in his suit and tie. 270,000 jobs were created in July, you know, and that's all anybody hears. And the little eight people in the, in their little boxes on the CNBC screen, CNB screen, all nod approvingly, you know, and all this stuff. And then you dig into it and you're like, wait a second, you know, for whatever reason, it's all statistical adjustments or it's part-time jobs. People are finally figuring this crap out and seeing through it. And what has kind of driven that is that with every jobs report that, you know, when they initially, you know, it first comes out on the Friday, first Friday of the month, 
also comes with revisions and they might, you know, in the past, well, you know, the March report was revised lower by 10,000, but the April report was revised higher by 20,000, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, in 2023, so far, 10 of the 11 months were revised sharply lower. In fact, the headline number, if you add in all the revisions, has been reduced by 25%. So they overstated the jobs by 20%, you know, and then you got to pull it back 25, right? Is that how the math works? Anyway, moral of the story is they came up with another cook number in December. And so people start, people are like, oh my God, they're just, all they're doing is, you know, politically printing these higher numbers. And again, 95% of the people that work for the government are Democrats. They all live in Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. They cook the numbers. Biden, you know, yeah, look at us. You know, Corrine Jean-Pierre goes out and has a press conference at the White House, talks about how great everything is. Then they try to hide it by revising it lower. Well, and again, 10 of the 11 months so far that have been, you know, reported for 2023 were all revised lower. The December number is going to get revised lower again tomorrow. It'll be 11 out of 12. All right. Let's now look at the January report. The BLS has to know this. The people are calling BS on them. If they're ever going to post a number that is like, oh, way below expectations and the gloom and the doom. And what does this do for the Fed? It's going to be tomorrow. Because in January of last year, the birth death adjustment, which we've all talked about before, but also all of the seasonal stuff were the biggest negatives of the year last year. So if they're going to come in below expectations and get everybody to go, okay, maybe, maybe they've heard us. It's going to be tomorrow. And if they come in, you know, Okay, that jobs number is 90,000 and not 190,000. Again, rate cut expectations are going to soar, dollars going to dump, and we're going to end up with a pretty good day in the metals. So, Craig, pass the jobs data then. And since, as you said, we don't have another Fed meeting for like seven weeks, what else are investors going to be looking at other than guessing what the Fed's going to do? What is market moving? Well, we're going to probably get a little relief in the dollar index because all of the other central banks have just been playing follow me with the Fed. You know, anytime the Fed gets a little dovish, all of a sudden the, you know, the Bank of England and the ECB gets a little dovish. They get a little hawkish. All of a sudden the Bank of Canada is talking about keeping rates high. Well, now the Fed, I mean, so then you're going to get a lot of like the ECB is going to be a little more hawkish for the next couple of weeks. That might boost the euro, weaken the dollar. You know, that might kind of help us out. But again, it's still gonna, we're gonna, still going to be data-driven, and we've got a whole month of this stuff coming again. The, all the Fed goons will be out in force again beginning next week. Actually, there'll probably be one or two out tomorrow because they haven't been able to say anything for a couple of weeks. You get the CPI again. You'll get you know everything else as we go through the month. But I think, again, to me, and this has really just started the last week, keep an eye on the banking sector. You're getting... More and more headlines. Hell, they even talked about it on our TV show 60 Minutes two weeks ago. More and more headlines about commercial real estate and what a drag that is, primarily on the regional banks. And with this facility going away and people start kind of front running all these problems coming back, if the regional banks are all of a sudden in trouble again, and some of them, you know, their stocks are down 50 percent. There's one of them that's down 50 or 60 percent in the last couple of days. That's going to be something that's going to get people thinking about, oh boy, is there a banking crisis coming? And then that kind of starts to feed on itself, leads to more speculation. You know, the Fed may actually have to cut in March. And then we're right back to maybe not to the same over exuberance and irrational expectations of 95%. 
and seven total cuts, but we could be get back to kind of the same sentiment that we had at the end of December. And prices already, what, 2075 for April gold? So we could see a 21 handle again before maybe people are expecting. All right. So keep an eye on the regional banks. Keep an eye on simply the financial situation out there of many banks. But hey, everyone's still just waiting for the Fed. As you said in your macro cast, we are waiting for Jerome. He pushed back on those March rate hikes. We'll see if that sticks. Craig, thanks for your time. We'll chat again next week. Thanks, boys. It's always fun.